You're listening to Run, R-U-N, Revive Us Now podcast with Steve Gray. As pastor of the Smithton Outpouring and the Kansas City Revival, Steve is a leading voice of revival worldwide. Steve shares his life-changing encounters with God, along with biblical teaching that equips you to experience and lead lasting revival. Come, run with Steve and expect God to revive us now. Hello and welcome to another Revive Us Now podcast. I am your host, Steve Gray, and we're going to talk about revival, but we're going to talk about revival preachers. Are you a revival preacher? I believe God is looking for revival preachers or people that understand revival preaching. So that's what we're going to talk about today, revival preachers and revival preaching. Now, you may say, well, I'm not a revival preacher. Maybe you could be if you knew what it was. See, a lot of people, they just get up and preach and talk and say things, but they don't know about revival preaching. And then you think, well, I I don't know what to say. Well, let me help you understand what to say. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. There are certain kinds of preachers that bring revival. And so we're going to talk about that because I believe God's out there looking for revival preachers right now or people who can support, pray, you know, encourage this kind of preaching that's going to change our nation, change our churches, and what kind of preaching is not. So let's start with a, a scripture from Matthew chapter 10, 34. Do not, this is the words of Jesus, do not suppose that I have come to bring peace on the earth. Now, whoa, 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 wait, wait. I, you know, every, every holiday season, every Christmas, we're singing about the Prince of Peace, Prince of Peace, yeah, and how he's going to do that. And we know all that, and what's this? Now, all of a sudden, Jesus says, that's not what I'm going to do. Well, there's a time period here. We know he is the Prince of Peace, and he's going to bring peace. The shalom of God is coming to the earth. That's right. But to get it there, we got to go through the journey. And so he says this amazing, amazing scripture. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth, I did not come to bring peace to the earth, and that'd be in like right now, then, and right now, now, until the final chapter comes when he returns. I did not come to bring peace, but I came to bring a sword. This is foreign to most people, and it's certainly foreign to most preachers today, and most people don't understand how that sword works in to revival preaching. Because most people don't have much of a sword in their preaching today, and, and that's okay. There are, there's all kinds of preachers. There's all kinds of needs. There's all kinds of churches. But we need some good revival preaching, don't we? And we need some revival preachers. Are you that person? That's what we're trying to find out. That's what we're looking for. I believe that's what God is looking for. Now, let's see about that sword, all right? So I came to bring a sword. What, what does that mean? Why does Jesus say he came to bring a sword. Now, is this going? This might be too radical for you because it's so opposite of what we hear most of the time in in Christianity today, in the pulpits of today. But listen anyway, okay? Because this is what he said. Why did he say to bring a sword? Because he came. Listen, he came to cut you off from everything but himself, or everybody, all of us. He comes to cut all of us. He he. He came to cut all of us, all of us, off from everything but himself. Oh, that's radical. 
You see, because most of the preaching that's floating around, and I'm not being critical, I'm not saying it's wrong, I'm not even saying it doesn't have its place, but let's be honest to what it is. It, mo most of the preaching we have today is in, it's teaching us how to include everything and have Jesus too. How to include everything and go to heaven too. How to include everything and have the kingdom of God too. But that's totally the opposite of what Jesus said and what he taught. Jesus comes and cuts us off from everything but himself. That was his plan. That's the way he does it. I mean, why would he say, I am the way, and then say, I'm the only way, there is no other way. There is no other plan. There is no other door. There's no other gate. He is the way. And so he's, he's wanting to cut us off from every other way. There is no other way. And so is that radical? Yeah, but it's the kind of preaching Jesus did. He came looking for people willing to be cut off from everything but, him, but himself. And that's the kind of revival preaching that we need today. It's the kind he did. And it's, it's life-changing, and it's so powerful when you can find somebody to preach it. And it's even more powerful when you can find somebody to, to receive it. You understand that? See, revival preaching that revives the soul, that brings the glory down, you see, is different. It's just different. See, so much preaching we're doing today, it's, it's not bad. It's good. It has its place. But what's its purpose? See, most preaching today, the purpose is to soothe you, to make you feel better about yourself rather than what Jesus did. Jesus didn't preach to soothe people. Jesus preached to throw people into a crisis. Yeah. And that's what revival preaching does. See, we've been soothed and stroked and we've had the oil on us and like a good sheep, you know, rubbed into our head and into our hurts and into our wounds. Okay, that's all right. Got its place, got its time, but there is a time to stand up now and get over past all the massaging of our wounds and stand up and let Jesus do what he does. And he throws us into a crisis to where we got to make these decisions. And, and a lot of people weren't ready for Jesus preaching, were they? No, he threw them into a crisis. And they'd, they'd say, well, the Pharisees, they know they're preaching about, you're preaching about them. Threw them into a crisis. And for instance, one of the greatest examples in the Bible is, the, you know, the rich young ruler. Rich comes to Jesus, what must I do to eternal, get eternal life? And Finally, Jesus throws him into a crisis. Sell all you have. Sell everything. Follow me. And uh, I have some great teaching on that. That doesn't mean he's going to become poor and throw, give it all away. It means sell all your possessions. Give, you know, two-thirds away. Keep one-third. I think it is, the, if I remember the numbers right. Keep, anyway, they never made you poverty-stricken. You just keep enough to follow Jesus. Uh, so somebody else doesn't have to pay your way. But anyway... That threw him into a crisis. See, he's got, what? You're calling me to follow you. And, and how many people in the Bible, go back through and look, did Jesus actually say, follow me to? Not that many. And here's a guy, he says, follow me. And he walks away sad because he's got too much stuff, got too many possessions. But Jesus threw him into a, into a crisis. And uh, you remember the, the parable of the, 
lost son, everybody knows that. The son leaves and goes to the pig pen and comes to his senses and comes back. Well, we forget. I mean, that's the victory there. He comes to his senses. But we forget there's a second son who stands out in the yard arguing with the father. He's angry because the father threw a party for the, for the wild son, you know, the, the son that went out and lived wild in the wild and, and recklessly. And he's upset about it. And the father says to him, we had to celebrate. My son is back. He's alive again. Now the second son is standing there in a crisis. What's he going to do? Is he going to do the right thing and come on in and celebrate? Or is he going to stand out there and argue? Or is he going to leave? And uh, that's what was happening in Jesus' day. Jesus was bringing back the prodigals, and the religious folks didn't like it and uh, threw them into a crisis. Jesus told them, he told his disciples, he said, you got to forgive 70 times 7. Or he told them, you know, if, if they sin against you seven times, you've got to forgive them, seven, forgive them seven times. And you know what they said after that? They said, increase our faith. <laughs> they knew they were being challenged. And probably even one of the greater scriptures that throws us into a crisis, Jesus, they'd never heard this before. Jesus said, love your enemies. He said, you've heard you can hate your enemies. No, he said, I'm telling you to love your enemies. That'll throw you into a crisis. See, this throws us into a kingdom, kingdom crisis, and that's what he did. And so he would, he would uh, come to him. John the Baptist did it. Then Jesus did it. And then the apostles did it. John the Baptist started with it, and he said, repent, for the kingdom of God is here. Jesus said, repent, the kingdom of God is here. Well, that threw him into a crisis because what are they going to repent of? Now, today we have, uh, you know, these services where people are, you know, bringing their drugs and their, you know, cigarettes and throwing them on the altar. Okay, that's great. But if they walk away without making room for the kingdom of God, they haven't repented for the right thing. It's good to get rid of bad habits. It's good to get rid of addictions because we can't serve Jesus when we're addicted on something else. That's the exact thing he's trying to do is cut us off from all those other things, right? But... If we don't move into the exact uh, context of this, is the, those people of Jesus' day probably didn't smoke. <laughs> those people of Jesus' day probably weren't doing cocaine. They're good Jewish people going to the synagogue or Pharisees or whatever. They had their sins. Yeah, they had their problems. But they, they weren't doing those kinds of things. They weren't addicted to Netflix, right? No. So what were they to repent of? Well, they were to repent because all these years they said, God, when you finally make your move, you send the Messiah, you bring revival, you bring the glory of God back to Israel, we'll go for it. And then it comes. Jesus brings the kingdom of God in. He says the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. Repent of what? Repent of a life that hasn't had room for it. But now you can. Now you can make way for it. Make way. Let that sword come and cut you off from everything that's keeping you from serving God, from experiencing the kingdom of God, experiencing the glory of God. See, we're in that day. We're in that day. Our churches need revival. Our country needs revival. You need it. I need it. We need a fresh move of God. We need a, the glory of God to come down. We need to, to be touched by the power of God. All those things. Well, we can be. 
We can be, but we're going to have to let God throw us into the crisis and say it's going to be costly. You don't get the costly, beautiful, glory, power of God by mixing it with everything else and, 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 and just having this, this, this basket full of here's God and here's the world and here's in, then here's the, my bad habits and here's all my sports world and all that. It's not that you can't ever watch a ball game. I did the other day. But it's not gotten a grip on me. You know, it's not that important to me. The kingdom of God's what I do. And so I, I, I got cut off from things that grip me. You know, I'm going to go fishing one of these days. I haven't had time to go yet. Weather's turning right. But I remember when, when I was a non-Christian, before I knew Jesus, uh, going fishing every day got me. I could tell during the day I'm thinking about going fishing while I'm doing something else. And so finally, God cut that away after I became a Christian. The Holy Spirit cut that off. That sword came, and I didn't go fishing for 10 or 15 years, probably. And finally, then God said, all right, you can put it back in there now. Besides, it wouldn't hurt you to get a little exercise, get out there and walk a little bit. So it came back, but it didn't have a grip on me. So here's what happens then. So re re revival preaching is meant to throw us into a crisis. It's not meant to soothe you. So if you don't understand that, when God starts bringing revival preachers into your life, you'll throw them away. You'll be offended. You won't listen because you're so used to being petted and soothed that you won't recognize it's God. So revival preaching is different. Listen, the revival preacher, and that might be you. God might be turning you into this. There's some preachers out there listening right now, and you might be being dealt with by the power of God right now, or you don't even think yourself as a preacher. Well, I didn't either at one time, but look what I became. Yeah. So revival preachers, it's different. See, revival preachers don't come to shine. Revival preachers come to burn. Woo! That's a whole different world. See, others come, they kind of come to shine, to be popular, to be applauded, to be liked. Oh, you know, and they give you, oh, that made me feel good. Oh, that soothed me. That made me feel much better about myself. Oh, but a revival preacher comes to burn, and it's fire from heaven, and all of a sudden the self is being burned up. You didn't come to feel good about yourself. You came to be changed in yourself. You, you came to be transformed in yourself. You needed the fire. You needed to see that person be set on fire for God, and you go, ah, oh, that's what I want. I want to be set on fire by God. And, 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 and then when that prophetic word comes, it's different. Revival, revival prophecy is different than regular prophecy that you get today. Somebody's trying to tell you it's going to be okay or your future is going to be bright. But it, the revivalist brings a prophecy, prophecy that says, this is who you are. And it reveals and it opens away and it puts you into crisis because all of a sudden you're seeing God knows who I am, but that's okay. Because God wants to make you into something better. It's not, see, revival preaching isn't here to make you feel better about yourself. It's here to shock you about yourself. So you'll want to be changed and you'll want to become. Because the kingdom of the kingdom of God is here. And God's calling you to a higher place. Yeah, God's right now, this very minute. Some of you are getting it. Some of you are getting it. I know some of you are itching for revival. You're itching to see it. I've preached two. Two revivals, one went three, three and a half years, six sermons a week, then five sermons a week, just in that. And then I traveled to other places. I'm preaching that many times. Well, how do you preach that? 
You bring a sword. If you bring a some, if you bring just a bunch of oil to rub on people's heads, you're going to run out of stuff to say, and you're going to start repeating yourself. But you let that sword swing, and you can always tell them God's calling you to a higher place, and all you got to do is show up and let the Holy Spirit set you on fire, and people will come to watch you burn. Well. I'm looking for revival preachers. You know why? Because God's looking for them. And if we can help you become that, you be sure and contact us at, and, and contact me at the address you get and, and the web page you get and all that. And we'll help you. We got materials. We'll help you any way we can till you become the man set on fire, the woman set on fire by the Holy Spirit. Lord, open the heavens, rend the heavens, and come down. Until next time, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Revive Us Now podcast with Steve Gray. Push the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode and spread the word on social media. For more episodes and resources, go to reviveusnowpodcast.com. Until next time, keep on running for revival.